Welcome to the X Block. Am I right, Marie? Sir, yes, sir. Then listen up. You're listening to the X Block. I'm Jared, and he's Caleb. Let's get into it. You are listening to the X Block, episode 12. I'm Jaren, and I'm here with Caleb. Hey, and this is the world's number one Xbox podcast. Probably. Yes, definitely probably. And today, recorded at an all-new time, so possibly Whoa. expect random noises from the world outside of our doors. Yeah, I know, right? With, usually, Jaren and I record in the wee, wee late hours or the wee morning hours of Friday night slash Saturday morning. But this week, since I'm fixing my dumbass sleep schedule, and I'm actually like a normal human being right now, you know, like I went to sleep at like, well, like an old person, you know, went to sleep at like 8 p.m. and woke up at like 5 a.m., some shit like that. Uh, I, uh, we, we record in, in a sun Saturday morning, right? Is it Saturday morning? Yeah, it's Saturday I think morning. so. Yeah, it might as well be. So, they tell me. Yeah, we got some news that came out this morning that was uh, good that we actually waited to record. So. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're recording at a brand new time, so like literally, literally anything could happen. It's true. Yeah, it's a totally different world. The sun's out, you know? It's crazy. Sun's out, bun's out. Yeah, dude. Is it is it sunny <laughs> where you are? You're in Toronto, so it could actually, you could be in the middle of a fucking, you know, thunderstorm, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. Nah, dude, it's sunny. Yeah. What happened here? I hate the sun. Doing well. I like the I like the rainy dreariness, you know, of clouds and and rain and it's dark. You don't have to wear it's like wearing sunglasses, but you don't have to because the sky does it for you. <laughs> That's how I think about you it. You just move to the UK then. I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing, dude. My people hail from the UK. I think all our people hail from the UK. Well, I don't know. Some people's you know are German or whatever the hell, but you know the first uh, permanent like British colony in the U.S was uh, Jamestown and, uh, in mm. Virginia in like 1604, 1607. And uh, there were 100, I think in 14 or 104 colonists. And I've like done the research because I have like two degrees in history and I know how to research things properly. And I went on Ancestry and looked through all their primary sources and like traced different shit back and all that. And uh, one of my, gr- my, on my grandfather's side, on my mother's side, uh, my, one of my ancestors was one of the people who, uh, who landed in Jamestown. His name was John Aspie. Mm. So there you go. I did, and you can look it up on Wikipedia because they have a list of all the you know the people. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm right because I went to Wikipedia to look it up, and I was like, yep, that's him. And so there Dude, you go. My dad's name's James, and so is his dad's name. So maybe oh. like they ran the town. Kind of pretentious, isn't it? Where you're like, I'm naming my son after me. Like who are you? Know what I mean? Like I don't want to be rude to your, yeah. your grandfather, but you're like you know. But my great grandfather named his uh, son not my grandpa, but my grandpa's brother named him after himself too and i was like really man seriously you know if it happens three times though then you get to be the third yeah which is kind of cool not gonna lie you know you get the roman numerals but then it's bad for legal documents because that's a whole fucking mess right all right well, what have we been playing this <laughs> Dude, week is this a video game podcast hold up a minute <laughs> who knows <laughs> this is just what we talk about normally stupid shit uh what have i been playing this week that's a great question jared uh i think last week i mentioned that i was playing dragon ball Universe 2 i talked about yep. ultra instinct goku kicking my asshole in i sent jaren like a video of it or something from youtube and it's like yeah he looks like he's about to kick your ass in and i, I was playing that hero coliseum like card game bullshit and i finally beat that it gets very hard at the end like very hard like the the ai is using maxed out highest rank max level best card bullshit against you and somehow you have to find a way to beat them and after like 35 tries in the last dude i did because my deck was so fucking good even though i didn't have like the best deck uh, i did that then i had i got the rest of the achievements very excited 
And now I'm playing, I'm, I'm going back to Dragon Ball Z Universe 1, mm. which I have fewer achievements in and there's less to do. You know, like I only need like a couple things to get like, basically yeah. you get all the moves. Uh, there's super moves and ultimate moves. So you have to get all of them. But unfortunately, it's like totally RNG based. Uh, so you have to go into a quest. They have like, I don't know, 55 of them and whatever ones you're missing. Some of them require you to get an ultimate finish in the quest, which means you have to meet specific requirements. Other ones you don't have to. And basically, you just play these missions over and over again until you get the move that you need. Like it gives you the drop. And uh, it, it's actually it wasn't too bad for almost all of like I'm doing the ultimate techniques now and then I'm going to do the super ones after. For the ultimates, there w it wasn't too bad to get like the 30 or 20 I needed, uh, but there are two. There are like two of them. One of them took me like fucking three hours of grinding to get. And now I'm on the second one that I've been grinding for like an hour and a half maybe. And I'm just waiting for this move to drop. But I only need like two more to finish the ultimates and I get the achievement. And uh, I'm just I'm just waiting. And it's just uh, I usually don't go for RPG or uh, RNG based achievements. But this one I was just like, you know, I did the second xenoverse game which literally jaren i think you can see my play time is like five hours play or five days played and like 20 yeah, hours crazy. yeah it is crazy and so that's like witcher 3 level and so i'm just like i'm gonna i'm gonna do the series like i'm gonna do the first and i'm out here grinding you know how i be so there you go that's what i'm mm, playing basically just still doing the back catalog he's been doing it forever he's still got games <sighs> to go for yeah. a man who uh completes games you seem to have a lot of uncompleted games Exactly. Like, I don't know, but between like 20, I don't know, 14, 2012 even, and like 2016, 17, around there, I played games where I was just like, this achievement is a bit harder than I want it to be, so I'm just not going to get it. So I have a bunch of games where I'm missing like three achievements. And now I'm mm. at the point where I'm like, I got some time and this isn't as hard as I thought it would be. And there's guides and shit. And I'm like, I'm just going to do it. And I've been completing a bunch of games. It's pretty fun. So back in the day, you were a human and, yeah. uh, now, now you're an fucking addict. Fucking delinquent. Yeah, like a just a, a deplorable, <laughs> as Hillary Clinton would say, something like that. <laughs> just, I'm just the trash of video game players, dude, out here going back into these old ass games. But, you know, when Xbox makes these games like FPS boosted and shit, some of them, it makes the experience way better. So that's, that's true. That's kind of cool. Uh, what have you been playing, man? I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yes. Still. Yes. Still like not that close to being done. But, you know, I'm working. I'm grinding. So, not that close to being done. Does that mean like 20 hours in? 40? Yeah, I'm 30 in. Yeah. Split the difference. Okay. <laughs> yep, dude. And just walking around, collecting shit, doing all the stuff that I got to do, grabbing the viewpoints. You know how it is. I know how it is, man. I, I completed Odyssey and Origins and I, I want to start Valhalla. I have it. I got the gold edition, but I'm just so, I don't know. It's like you got to commit. You know, you got to be in. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's quite the commitment. And I've also been playing a little bit of uh, Among Us. Okay. Yeah. With your, with your boys out there on, was it Thursdays? Yeah. Thursdays. I've been unable to join for like various reasons for like a solid two months straight. I think Caleb just doesn't want to play with us. It's not true though. <laughs> it's just always like at the point when it comes time, I'm either doing something else, have this other commitment or I'm like tired from other shit I had to do that day. Yeah, Some or he's stuff asleep. Like that. Or that. Yeah, usually that actually. <laughs> well, we talked about history for a bit. We talked about our games. Oh, wait, now wait, we wait, might as wait, well... wait, wait. Time well, out before we move in. Something else we've been playing. I, I, yesterday, you and I started mm, Day Z, right? Yes, we did. We can talk about it a bit more later, you know, if, if we talk about our Game Pass or gameplay game of the month. But uh, a little bit of a tease. I don't know if you want to talk about it more at this moment, but that is something you and I played for a couple hours yesterday yeah i feel like we should at least keep our thoughts to ourselves at mm. least until we we get like i don't know like a week away maybe to tease our review well let's hold it in jerry only you and me know listen they're out there they're listening they're like ah what the fuck is it like what do they think 
You and I are mm-hmm. gonna let them know, Jaren. You guys won't see it coming. We're holding it in like a fart. Yeah, like a, like a really, really something fart. I don't want to say anything about the fart because I might give away our feelings of the game. <laughs> All right, and now we're moving on to outside the box. I'm thinking outside. The box where we cover all the news you need to know outside the Xbox community. And today we are starting off with Ubisoft. Dude, they hit us with the backpedal. More like UB hard. Am I right? <laughs> I'm gonna say that every time they come up. Not after that news. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't know. I say that every time about Ubisoft. So essentially, Ubisoft came out and they made these statements on AAA game development where they mm-hmm. said that they were gonna focus more on free to play offerings and this was the exact quote our intention is to deliver a diverse lineup of games that players will love across all platforms we are excited to be investing more in free-to-play experiences however we want to clarify that this does not mean reducing our AAA offering so that is what they said after everybody came out and was like whoa you guys aren't doing your uh, AAA games anymore because they're first statement was kind of along the lines of we're switching away from AAA development and focusing more on free-to-play which Caleb and I uh tweeted out from the xblock account we were like well that sucks and I think I sent out a Spongebob meme that said boo at xblock podcast there you go if you want to find out more about that so their uh their initial statement was that from a financial report or whatever uh, like a earnings call or something yeah he the guy who was speaking Frederick Duggett He stated that those were purely a financial communication. So to that, I say, well, why aren't you more like straight up with your investors then? I don't know. So, yeah, the the initial, like Jaren said, the initial premise from these, I don't know if it was a financial earnings call, whatever the hell this dude was like, basically, we are making, it sounded like they said they were making a shift or something into into investing more into free to play games. And then someone, yeah, the, the video game industry reported on this and it was like, wow, you guys said a couple of years ago or even less that you were your strategy was focusing heavily on single player or you know like big AAA titles that weren't free to play with a bunch of microtransactions you know even though they have microtransactions still but they're not free to play like bullshit games and then they had to come out and they're like they're like nah dude what we're saying is we're investing more heavily in free to play titles on top of our offering like our normal AAA bullshit that we're going to keep releasing like Far Cry 6 or Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And what they're saying is that it's like it's additive. Like we're not decreasing the value of like we're not decreasing the amount of or the number of AAA titles we're making and this kind of shit. And in lieu, you know, of, of some free to play shit, we're just going to invest even more in the free to play shit on top of the other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, but you only have so much money. So what you're saying is you're spending money investing in that stuff at the expense of investing more heavily in the AAA games, right? That are not free to play. Yeah, that would be kind of what I took away from it. And also, I know we've got E3 coming up, so it's possible for them to announce more. But it Mm -hmm. does seem like they're already putting that practice in place where they only have Far Cry 6 and this Riders Republic game announced, which they say is a premium AAA game. But I don't know. Seems like steep to me, which nobody played. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know how well that game's going to do, but I imagine not enough to justify development, maybe. Yeah, and then they announced two free-to-play games. So it seems like they're already making this shift away from... Like, they're still making the premium games. They're right about that. But if they're only making, like, one a year and a bunch of free-to-play games and then some weird spin-off game, like, I don't know if I... I definitely don't like that better than when we used to get two to three AAA games from Ubisoft every year. Exactly. And... It's just what people are saying, like, oh, they're, we're not t- they're not taking money from the AAA games uh, and putting them into free-to-play games. 
they're uh, just investing more heavily into the free-to-play games. And it's like, yeah, they're, they're saying, well, that's not true at all. You know, we're just, at, we're just investing more in free-to-play games. We're not taking away from our other thing. But that, that does still make the industry and us half right. Because, like I said, if you're investing more in free-to-play games instead of something else with your limited amount of money, then in a way you are, right? So they're like, we're, you're, you're not, they're like, we're not, we, we, your guys are wrong. And it's like, no, we're half wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they also, like, the weird thing is that also came out from their financial call is a lot of their games did exceptionally well. Like Assassin's yeah. Creed Valhalla made the most money of any Assassin's Creed game and the yearly revenue was up 50%. Yeah, um, I don't know if it said it was like fastest selling in the first week um, in their financial thing. Ubisoft had actually done really well financially for the year, the past year, I believe. Uh, and the, this Assassin's Creed Valhalla title has made yeah them more money in the same amount of time uh, as any other Assassin's Creed game. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3, they said, sold the most units uh, between whenever it was they're measuring i guess from release to, to march i think um uh yeah it had it had more time, time yeah and so it sold more units but assassin's creed valhalla made more money and they yep. said that they're using this data and other things to say that they're uh pushing the dlc expansion nonsense timeline for assassin's creed and they're going to support it for longer like uh, valhalla and so it seems like this is going to be part of a trend where they launch these AAA games that are not they're not free to play but they they have a bunch of like add-on content and shit and then they're they're going to support them for a longer amount of time so instead of just re releasing assassin's creed valhalla as like a single player rpg and releasing one every you know couple years three years even whatever they're like yeah we're just going to release assassin's creed and they may still release another one in two or three years maybe or four i don't know what their plan is but they're definitely going to support it seems each one for i don't know two years instead of i think odyssey they had they supported that one for like a year after launch right yeah they supported it for a pretty long time yeah it just it's because all the content's like 20 hours long so it, it's the whole reason why i didn't start valhalla until i started it like this week because i was still on burned out from odyssey and <laughs> the 300 yeah. hours that game was yeah, it's so fucking long. The Assassin's Creed games are so long. Now, the base game is like 100 hours to complete. And then, yeah, you have the DLC, which I like the DLC for Odyssey and Origins, but the DLC is like an ex three expansions or whatever that are another 15 hours or something. And uh, just, by the way, on top of the Assassin's Creed numbers, they said this Assassin's Creed franchise had its best sales year ever. They said that was on top of their back catalog of Assassin's Creed titles, uh, like Origins and Odyssey and things, uh, those be and the older titles being on sale. And then I guess also the add-on uh, content for Odyssey. That's part mm. of what made it sell more. If you read the whole VGC article, that's what they said is that the back catalog of, of offerings from Assassin's Creed is what pushed it to have its best sales year ever. So add-on content is what they're going for. Yeah. So everyone likes single player games. Literally everything that we've stated about their financial success so far has been everybody likes their single player games. And they said, so everyone likes their single player games. We're going to make more free-to-play games. Yeah, I don't know if those are going to go on mobile phones and shit <laughs> and all that or whatever, but I guess that's worked well for Activision in terms of making money, but we'll see about Ubisoft. And now talking about other, I guess, big, big publishers getting Kinda. bigger now if Kinda. this, this stuff no. pans out. Medium-sized relative to other publishers. Sega has announced that they plan to make what they quote as a super game. A super game, dude. Fucking Microsoft's <laughs> out there making a quadruple-A game. Sega's making a super game, dude. Got all kinds of games. They expect lifetime sales of this game to be nine hundred million dollars USD. So there, this is an FPS game from a European studio. People are hinting that it could be Creative Assembly, who made Isolation and some of the Halo Wars games. Yeah, they they worked with three four three on Halo Wars two, and they make the Total War games. 
And then they made isol- Alien Isolation. Yeah. So, it's possible that, because it was announced that they were working on a new sci-fi shooter, bef- like way before, like uh, I think last year or something, or earlier. Yeah. So, it's possible that this could be that game. And I guess this is Sega's answer to Call of Duty seems to be what they're hinting at. Yeah, it's it's possible that it's that game. But it's also, it could be another game. And what, but when the point is, they say like a super game and they're like, we expect $900 million lifetime. It's like, yeah, that's, that's huge. But that's just like a normal, you know, like AAA, very, like very successful AAA game title. So they're using this weird speak about it. But it's just like, Sega's like, guys, we're making a real game. And you're like, okay, cool. You know, (laughs) I'm excited for you. But like, I don't know, $900 million lifetime. It's like GTA 5 made a billion dollars in a day. And it's GTA 5. But Lifetime, you look at things like, I don't know, Spider-Man, uh, the Spider-Man Sony game, God of War, or like a, a, like I said, a normal Call of Duty or a Rockstar game. Like, it's just a big game that makes that much yeah. money. It's not a super game. It's not Microsoft with their bullshit marketing. It reminded me of Microsoft when they said, we're working on a fucking quadruple A title. You're like, shut up. Be quiet. <laughs> Another thing that they did talk about, though, which I thought was at least good, finally, is they yes. were talking about going back to old IPs that they have and actually starting to do remakes and rebooting the franchises and doing some remasters if maybe that's more acceptable. And they put out a slide that has like all their dormant IPs, some of which are Crazy Taxi, Jet Set Radio, Streets of Rage, a bunch of others, House of the Dead, like we talked about one of the first games I ever played. And so, yeah, they, they have this slide from their financial report, I think it was, talking about, yeah, their examples of active IP and examples of past IP. And they're saying they, uh, where's the quote? Uh, This includes, I'll I'll just read this quote from GameSpot. They say, uh, beyond this super game, Sega said it's also planning to take advantage of its numerous existing franchises and utilize them in new ways to help fuel growth. This includes remastering older games, remaking games with new features, and rebooting franchises. Uh, And so that's what the slide's about. And that's good for fans of Sega and their old IP. I I know just like five hours ago, Nintendo Life, uh, which is a web sister site of Push Square and uh, uh, Pure Xbox, tweeted out rumor. uh, This is their article that says rumors Sega will re-release Sonic 3 and Knuckles in a new Sonic collection. So if that's true, I don't know that it is, but it it looks like things like that is uh, what Sega is going to be, you know, in the works on along with their new big game. It seems like they're getting way back into gaming. And I wanted to ask you about this because they say this in this article as well. And I want to see if this is uh, something. Oh, by the way, they say that they're, you know, Lost Judgment's coming out this year. So that's a pretty big game for them with yep. a worldwide, world, worldwide release as opposed to just coming out in Japan. So, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, so I wanted to read from the end of this uh, GameSpot article. They say that uh, Sega's uh, quote from the GameSpot article, Sega's latest earnings results for the year that ended March 31st, 2021 showed a dramatic drop off for sales and revenue. Revenue for the year was uh, 27.7 billion yen, which was down 24% compared to 36.6 billion yen the prior year. Operating income, meanwhile, was 6.55 billion yen, representing a sharp decline of 63.3% compared to last year's 27.6 billion yen. Uh, Sega said these major declines were due in part to the COVID-19 pandemic. As a result of the health crisis, pachinko halls across Japan were closed, and this is a major component of Sega's business beyond traditional video games. So do you think they're, like, focusing as a company on, on making sure that they're supporting and reviving their older titles and getting more into the gaming space as a consequence of, like, their market drop off in the pandemic because they're relying on these pachinko machines and then they're like there's a pandemic and they're like oh shit we made like no money fuck yeah i would guess that they're diversifying in case of future events but i also possibly see this as them boasting to try to increase the 
the price that people were trying to buy them for. That's a good point too. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Like they're just like, hey, we have all these IP. Hey, we're working on this really big game that could make you a lot of money. That's what it seems to be. Like maybe they're going to sell their gaming division and keep their Plachinko machines because I don't think Microsoft gives a shit about their Plachinko machines. I assume they would buy the game company part of them. Yeah, I don't I don't know. But yeah, I assume Microsoft doesn't care about that. But yeah, I don't know how the any acquisition talks would work in regard to that if they could just siphon off their siphon off their gaming division or whatever but yeah it seems like these games and a lot of these th- uh, a lot of the bigger games were in the works for a long time but i don't know if they're just yeah reinforcing that they're they want to sell more of their go into their back catalog of dormant ip and re-release and remaster and all this shit because of they had such a dramatic drop off in revenue uh 24 because of their pachinko machines and the pandemic so i don't know you may see sega invest more heavily in gaming as a consequence of the pandemic and how that's kind of maybe showed where they should, you know, di- like Jaren said, diversify a bit of their revenue or income places. Yep. And so. speaking of things that didn't go so well for people, Resident Evil Village has been accused of stealing some of its monster designs by Richard Raporst, who made a movie back in 2013. Yeah, Frankenstein's Army. Where he shows off this kind of propeller creature that he created for the movie that uh gets set on fire at the end of its fight with i assume the protagonist i'm just seeing screenshots from the movie but in resident evil village this is exactly how you defeat a creature that looks exactly the same as the one from the movie you set it on fire in order to finish it off so the similarities are quite striking i actually don't think you set it on fire Uh, i don't know if you uh, i've seen the game played through at this point but i know it shoots fire like it shoots flamethrower shit at you (laughs) um and then you have to like run around a small room with like flamethrower shit everywhere and you have to shoot it in the back um, to kill mm. it. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, this guy came out and uh, he said uh, he created, you know, a, a horror movie with uh, with all these monsters. And he said, uh, quote, in 2013, I directed my film Frankenstein's Army. It's a crazy monster movie filled with my own creature designs, one of which has been used completely without authorization or credit in the newest Resident Evil game. So that's his claim. And there's just shit, you know, like some side by side comparisons of some other things uh, from the mo- I think it's the movie and the game. Uh, or maybe it's from other um, movies as well or something. But regardless, with that particular propeller creature, it's like, yeah, dude, that's pretty similar <laughs> to what to what Resident Evil or to the movie. Like Resident Evil's monster is pretty similar to the movie. So it's kind of like, wow, it, it kind of does look like a ripoff. I don't know. Yeah. But essentially, this is kind of a dead story because Capcom nor Resident Evil responded to this allegation or anything, whether they responded in private or in general at all. It seems like they're going to just not say anything unless they get sued. Yeah. And just by the way, some other Twitter user, what I was talking about was that there are a couple other creatures that resemble some other monsters in, in Frankenstein's army. So, yeah, it it, it does look like Capcom uh, or the people at Capcom ripped off these some of these designs to a degree. But yeah, since I mean, there's a Japanese language barrier and there's a Dutch filmmaker and this other shit and Capcom haven't responded. It doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. It's just like, wow, that's pretty it seems like they did i don't know yeah the the weird thing about it is it's like such an obscure movie it's like how hunger games had that controversy with the original battle royale movie oh yeah yeah yes and that never came of anything and that's way more of a an obvious ripoff than than this would be so a lot of the times you can get around this stuff by just having similar inspirations it's just an interesting kind of story where you're like wow 
You guys are kind of some plagiarists, it seems, <laughs> over at Capcom, allegedly. Yeah, definitely allegedly. We don't want to get sued here. That that would make yeah. us way more popular. We're, I was going to say, dude, we're too big, dude. They, we got to say allegedly or else we're fucking going <laughs> to get sued, dude. You know, Capcom listens to this. Come on. Moving on to things that we're not the biggest fan of, but everybody else's. More video game conferences. And I <sighs> run the doc that I hate. This is plural. <laughs> yeah, conferences. And you're like, fuck. But... At least this first one, just kind of the main one. So E3's online app will feature virtual booths, leaderboards, and more. Essentially, like we talked about before, the ESA is making an app. You can sign up for it. I believe it's sometime in May. They haven't 100% confirmed when that is, but you can sign up for it in May. And then the online portal will be open June 7th for media. I don't know if you can sign up for that part. If you've got like a YouTube channel or a podcast or something, I'm going to look into that, see if we can sign up. But yeah, public okay. access for Ju- is for June 12th, and in this app slash portal, as they describe it, there will be exhibitor booths featuring special events, VOD content, and articles, lounges. I don't know how you lounge online, like what is back to PlayStation You're lounging right now. <laughs> <laughs> forums, special boards, obviously everyone knows what forums are, leaderboards, but I don't know, you watched the most paid advertisements yeah, on gamif- the app. Gamified show elements that can be collected and displayed, <laughs> encouraging fans to interact in as many ways as possible. And you can create a profile so everybody who's weird and with you on this app can know that you guys are weird together. Yeah, this seems like a, and it says registration for access to the online portal will, will be free and begin later this month. So Yep, so May, some solid May. And... Other news that I don't well, think we ever talked well, about. Well, I just want to say this shit's this shit sucks. Like, I mean, it's good. I, I get what they're trying to go for, you know, the pandemic and the digital shit. I don't think it's gonna work out. I don't even know what. Maybe the apps will crash and nothing will work, you know. But regardless, it's like who wants to do this, you know? Yeah, dude. I don't know. The most important part of this article is written right here. The live broadcast will also be viewable via Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Hey, dude, so that's what we wanted. Don't use the app. No, <laughs> watch it on watch it on YouTube or Twitch. I don't understand how they're going to implement this and maybe their app will work. Maybe it doesn't. Even if it does, who's going to care? And even those who do care, like, why would you? It's like people tune into E3 because they just want to watch the conferences. And it's like, well, people can't go to E3. So they have this online kind of meetup bullshit. It's like, yeah, but, you know, people have Discord and other things and no one like part of the you don't go to E3 necessarily to meet a bunch of randos. If you're a journalist, you can already talk to your journalist friends, you know, online and get all the access you need. from. I mean, I don't know who this is for, really. So it's weird. Yeah, it's definitely weird. And another weird thing to do with E3 is EA's next Play Live showcase will take place a month after E3. The publisher sets Big Games event for July, and it says that it will be July 22nd. So it's almost fucking two months after E3. Why? Why are you just not doing it around the same time? as e3 dude hot take from caleb well it's not really a hot take but it's a take uh i'm not mad because they haven't you know ea hasn't announced themselves for e3 right they're they're not it seems like they're not going to be there along with playstation activision and epic it looks like and they're like well we're skipping it and we're going we have an ea play live and on july 22nd and it's like good because uh, frankly your guys's conference is always the worst every time <laughs> so i'm not even mad yeah but so this is where where it doesn't make any sense to me, Caleb. What's up, so, man? So, Thursday, July 22nd, EA's like, whoa, Thursday, July, we're coming to you with EA Play. EA, no, then, EA Play Live, yeah. EA Play Live, yeah, whatever the fuck it's called, no Who one cares. cares. 
Then they come out and say, Battlefield 6's reveal is now seemingly scheduled for June. And they say that they're going to show it off. They say, get ready for a reveal soon. And then they say words that rhyme with soon, June, boom. So they're apparently, are they just going to show off Battlefield 6 at E3 and then not have an event until July 22nd? I don't know how they're planning on doing that Battlefield show. Maybe they'll have their own Battlefield like bullshit show. I don't know if we assume regardless of what they show when at their own stuff that there will be a trailer for Battlefield 6 at Xbox's conference, right? We assume that. But whether they're going to do their own Battlefield bullshit reveal event, I guess, is yet to be seen. I, Jared and I are in the mind that we, lo- we love E3 in terms of bringing everyone together at once and watching everything so you don't spread it around the fucking year and it sucks and it's annoying because you got 19 things to watch in three months, right? In that way, I'd rather EA be at E3. For them, maybe they think if they do it a month after E3, they get more eyes, you know, because it's not crowded. But then again, you have the counter to that, which is when E3 is happening is when everyone's watching. So it doesn't really matter. Maybe your news gets overshadowed a bit. So that's possible. And EA usually, I think, does go first. So maybe they're looking at that. But also on our end, where we usually like the conferences all together so we can just watch everything. I'm like, well, if EA's bouncing, at least it's EA because their conferences usually suck. That's, that's kind of where I'm at on all this news where I'm like, yeah, I'd rather it be you. Like, get the fuck out of here. It's going to be... <laughs> Higher quality this year, I guess. <laughs> I just think it's bizarre that they're announcing their biggest game in, in the month of E3 and then sh- having their own show after they've already announced their biggest game for this year. Yeah, we'll see what their plan is, but <laughs> it is. Int- I mean, we assume we'll see gameplay uh, at their EA Play Live and we'll see a trailer uh, at Xbox's event, maybe if depending on what they do on their own before or after E3 in June. Like, we'll, s- we'll see. I don't know what their plan is, but you're right. It's weird. Speaking of another conference, I guess this one's more of an indie one. Guerrilla Collective Digital Conference returns with Inner Sloth, that's the people who make Among Us, Superhot, Thunderful, and more. And it just says another stacked lineup. And this show kicks off on June 5th. And although Caleb and I will doing, be doing lots of E3 coverage and we'll get more into specifics when we figure out exactly how we want to do this, we're not going to do these like little spin-off shows. We'll talk about them in the normal podcast form. Yeah, they have 505 games they're showing shit and they say uh ign says this mini showcase will feature over 75 cute and cuddly titles and has been organized by the wholesome games community i don't i don't know what that means I th- well is that the same thing hold on i may be reading something else in the article um yeah no 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 that'll be okay so on june 12th the main showcase will be followed by the wholesome direct so this is a, and that's a mini showcase that will feature over 75 games from the wholesome games community i don't know what that means uh, I think that uh, one has our Moon Glow Bay. Yeah, so there's that. Okay, well, that's cool. We like Moon Glow Bay. But I was going to say, that's apparently after this, and I read it wrong. This year's uh, Guerrilla Collective thing, that's going to have 80 games or over 80 games from some of these two. So you have an 80 games showcase. I mean, they're going to be featured in various ways, maybe not so much. So it won't be like a fucking 20 minutes on each game, is what I'm saying. But they're going to have these 80 games featured, followed by another thing that's going to feature 75 games. Like, Jesus Christ, that's so many games. And then E3. Exactly. <laughs> and, and then E3. So uh, I've never actually heard of Guerrilla Collective. Like, they say it's returning. Uh, so apparently they've had one of these things before. I, I don't remember or have seen the first Guerrilla Collective. Yeah, I read the article and I thought Guerrilla from Sony was throwing a weird yeah, that's digital conference with, like, the Among Us people. And I was like, that's weird. But it's not. It's just an entirely separate thing. So. I don't know. Yeah, when with uh, Day of the Dev, when that was returning, that we got announced that it was returning like a month ago or so. I had already heard of Day of the Devs, which Double Fine uh, runs with I Am 8-Bit. And I was like, oh, I heard of that before. And that's coming back. 
This gorilla thing, I'd never heard of that though. Yep. And the last thing, we're just going to say this one quick because a lot of people, I feel like this isn't their biggest thing, but Bethesda confirms plans for an all digital QuakeCon 2021 event in August. So if you're excited about that, go check out more about QuakeCon in 2021. It's kind of cool. Like, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about QuakeCon. And it's interesting that they're still going to have a digital event, but QuakeCon's pretty big. Like, a lot of people go to QuakeCon, and it seems, I think it's usually a pretty popular. Yeah, it says the event usually attracts some 10,000 attendees. And it's usually pretty streamlined, and people usually like it, from what I understand. Like, the people who go and are interested. I don't care about yep. it. Yep. But uh, yeah. Hey, whatever, whatever floats your boat, whatever you like to go see, go and watch the digital event. QuakeCon seems like it has more of a reason to exist than some of these other showcases, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> and with that, we're moving on to the review roundup. In a world where reviews are too long to read and review videos are too long to watch, one man will compile all of the reviews and turn them into one easy digestible stream of information. This is the review roundup. And this week, we got nothing. And I know Mass Effect came out. I know you guys are going to say, but Mass Effect came out. It's three old games that got a texture pack and not even <laughs> that impressive of a texture. I know they fixed the gameplay in one. I know it's playable now. I know. I don't care. I don't do Go away. You call it a texture pack? I was like, damn, Jaren's spitting them hard facts, bro. The facts people don't want to hear, bro. Like, you're right, though. Like, they added a photo mode, and they have a texture pack, and they made some of the games, some of it look worse than it did before. So, there you go. I assume it's great. The games are great. Everyone's like, yay, a reason to play Mass Effect again. And I'm just like, dude, why didn't they just, like, fully remake the first one? Yeah, why wasn't the first one a Mafia 1 remake? Yeah. You know, like that. And, and they're like, oh, we didn't have the time. And I'm like, you're, you're EA, just do it. Yeah, and I, I completed all three of these games, including DLC, back in, like, 2016, 2017. So, I played them. They're great. If you haven't played Mass Effect, I guess this is a good time to play it. Honestly, though, lighting looks better in my opinion the games are darker like jaren said one time before and moodier in the first like then they made them in this uh re-release so i would actually if you have an xbox i would just play the backwards compatible shit though it's free in game pass yeah if it's all in there i know mass effect one's in there for sure uh, in game pass i don't know about the others but yeah so, i think it's game pass ultimate you have to be a part of ea play but then you can play oh, yeah. all three yeah. of the games there you go now getting away from review roundup we're moving on to the x block the main part of the podcast, talking about our Xbox news. All our favorite Xbox news that you need to know about. The first party future. So what is the first party studios for Xbox working on? What are, but yeah. In Exile Entertainment hints at FPS RPG for Xbox. This was kind of just something that happened on Twitter where In Exile Entertainment, the people who made Wasteland 3 and it says Torment Tides of New, whatever that says. But it's Wasteland 3, boys, all right? Wasteland 3. Yeah. They're making a new FPS RPG. At least that is what they seemingly teased when they said they responded to Xbox's tweet that said, what kind of game should I play next? And they responded with all of them and Goose and then pulled new plus FPS plus RPG. Yeah, I don't know whatever the fuck's going on there, but people are reporting it somehow. Like, I guess they're confirming that they're working on a new fps rpg uh this basically i would say it's just one of the one another thing that solidifies xbox first party as the place or xbox as a 
platform as the place to play RPGs. Like you're getting uh, with all this shit like Obsidian and and all the, the Bethesda uh, game studios and, uh, you know, the Fables coming in with the playground games people and all this shit. It's just like, yep, if you want to play RPGs, dude, this is where you go. Because yep. even in Exile, I was working on a new first person RPG. So. And this cool. is largely the first of their like big budget AAA games that this studio's really ever made. Like yeah. Wasteland 3 is bigger, but this is the first game that they'll make with like big funding. I, I doubt you and I will like it more than Wasteland though. Like Jared and I are huge fans of Wasteland 3, dude. That game's great. And they got this uh expansion coming out in June. And uh, I think it's June, right? Yep. Yeah. So, June 3rd. Yeah. Whatever they're working on, dude. I'm like, if they're working on Wasteland 4, I'd be even more excited. But if you're excited they, for another probably FPS are too. RPG, yeah, you know, then. Split their studio. I think they're working on a couple things. So, yeah, there you go. Yep. And another very vague thing that happened in the Xbox first parties before we get into the actual first party news that we know about. An Xbox executive said, we have 23 studios across Xbox and Bethesda working on Halo, Forza, Fallout, and new IP that we haven't even talked about yet that's going to blow your mind. He just says new IP in general that they haven't talked about yet that's going to blow your mind. Yeah, he doesn't even say the games. He just says the IP. It seems like a new IP that we haven't talked about yet that's going, that's gonna blow your mind. So you can read that a couple of ways. But uh, first of all, I don't think that, like, I mean, he obviously, he's, and he's talking, he's excited. But I don't think the IP are gonna blow my mind, Jaren. I'll be honest with you. I've seen a lot. Yeah, I'm sure I'll be excited. That's what I said. I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday and I read the quote and I was like, yeah, like everyone on Twitter is like, oh my God. And it's just like, yeah, but nothing is gonna blow my mind. Like, no. There's no way I'm gonna be that excited. Like I'll have a great time. I'm sure even if the game's like a ten out of ten, I'll be like, that was a great game, but it's gonna still be a video game. Yeah, no, there I, it is very rare that something blows my mind. Especially if they just reveal a new IP that I haven't played. And I'm like, uh, okay. You you Jaren, you think by the way, this is a new IP. I just kinda came across my mind. That's one a little tangent here. Do you think they're still working on Beyond Good and Evil 2? <laughs> At Ubisoft? Yeah. You remember that game? I assume, right? You think so? I don't know, man. Whatever happened to that game? Dude, I don't know, but it's it's got to be one of Ubisoft's games that's like coming, but just far, because they did no, show like somewhat know. of a slice of it. Dude, I don't know. I just thought about that game and I was like, that's, are they making that still? Like, have they said they are? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it's a little tangent, but I'm just curious. Dude, write into me if you know anything about Beyond Good and Evil 2. Go to like at Xblock Caleb on Twitter. Go for it. There you go. And moving away from unannounced things that we have no idea what they are until after E3 to another unannounced thing <laughs> that we yep. don't know what's happening and we won't even know from this E3. Gears of War Studio is switching focus to next gen, but new games reveal not due for a while. So yeah. they're not they're not showing anything. They've also confirmed that that's that they they aren't the ones working on that Star Wars title. So that's possible it's another Xbox studio or it's possible it's just someone else entirely. There are studios working on Star Wars games, but it's not the coalition. Yeah, yeah, they they basically said we're yeah, we're they're changing to the Unreal Engine 5. They're so they're having to learn the new engine a bit. And so while they're doing that, you know, they're not gonna have much to say for bits so we don't think they'll have anything to talk about really probably this e3 maybe next e3 they'll have some sort of thing and i don't know what that means for something like gear six uh because i don't know if that's being made exclusively on the unreal engine 5 you assume it is but i would i would have also assumed that game would have been in development for a while given the turnaround for from four to five you would assume five to six that six would be coming out here kind of relatively soon so i don't know what that means for that but uh i 
it's it's they're going to be making their new games on Unreal Engine 5, which they have a lot of history with Unreal Engine. So that makes sense for them. And their games always look really great. And yeah, like Jaren said, no, uh, no Star Wars IP. So don't expect that from them. And then they're going to be working on Gears 5 through operations 7 and 8. Uh, which is basically what they're going to be working on and talking about while they go away for a short amount of time and kind of learn Unreal Engine 5, essentially. Yep. And who knows? Maybe it's easier to port stuff over from Unreal Engine 4 to Unreal Engine 5, and maybe Gears 6 will be closer than we think it is. Yeah, I don't know. I I assume Gears 6 would be coming out, you know, like in a year, like next year. But if they're making it exclusively on Unreal Engine 5, then maybe it's farther away interesting yeah or maybe when they said new games they meant new ip and this was entirely a a retort to the star wars thing yeah so it's possible that they could have meant that and maybe they don't classify gear six as as a new game i guess we'll know after e3 this year if they show anything from the coalition yep and the next news is halo infinite update kind of news didn't seem like it was big enough for a halo block it's not really, no. But I feel like you could uh, you could give us a, a quick thing about what's happening in Halo, and then we'll hop on to the, the biggest news of the first party future. Yeah, so on uh, Halo Waypoint, the Halo blog over there, they posted a new thing. I don't think it's a, uh, it's not like one of their in- Inside Infinite updates. Uh, I don't think, at least. Uh, it doesn't seem that way. But they showed some more stuff off from Halo Infinite, just some teasy shit. And basically, it's two um, brute designs, which it seems like the game is going to have some sort of, um, I don't know if it's like a lieutenant type system in the game, but it is kind of a quest-based, more open-world game. They say, quote, so back in issue 108, we introduced, which is one of their posts, by the way, we introduced you to a new character by the name of Jaga Rin- er, I don't even know how to say that, Domine. It's love a that guy. Sanghili Blademaster loyal to the Iscarum and the Banished Forces. We also mentioned that he was only one of several characters you would encounter in your adventures on Zeta Halo. Some will make their intentions obvious, while others might only give hints at their own deeper history. Each is designed to help introduce you to the nature and evolving presence of the Banished in the Halo universe, and I have a feeling that different folks will find different favorites. So I don't know if that means that they're going to have some sort of lieutenant kind of mini-boss system in the game, but they showed off concept art for two of them, and they look pretty fucking cool, dude. One of them is Hyperius, and another one is Tovaris. And they're basically just brutes with reddish hair. I guess it's paint. I don't know. But they have um, these like super like dope black uh, armor uniforms with like red lights. And one of them has a red gravity hammer. And so it's like a big red and black design scheme. And it's maybe not be what they look like in their final designs in Infinite. But it seems like they're more armored up than brutes usually are in Halo, if you guys care about that. And their armor designs look pretty dope. And we'll see, I guess, more about these characters when Halo Infinite comes out. And then they showed off us this new gun called a scrap cannon and it's also concept art it's not uh actually the gun itself so it may look different and all that when we actually see it in the game uh they said it was initially nicknamed the gatling mortar when it was being made but they decided to call it it the scrap cannon and it's a a brute weapon but there you go it looks like a fucking gun with a long ass you know like handle that you would hold and it's i don't know it's very brutish looking very uh scrappy looking i don't even know what you would how you describe it but there it is And then they showed off a new Warthog design. Well, it's not a Warthog, I guess, but it's a vehicle called the Razorback. So they Mm -hmm. have, you obviously know that, you know, they have the Warthog and then they have the Mongoose and shit and they have all their other stuff. Well, now they have a Razorback and it's like a stylish ass fucking Warthog. It looks dope. There's no turret on the back. It looks like a kind of like a convoy or kind of like a, a troop, you know, transport vehicle almost. If you guys played Halo 3, you'll know that they barely sometimes had the, that one type of Warthog that had no gun on the back, but could house, like you could drive like a bunch of troops around. This one has uh, in the cockpit of the car, it has, uh, there's no like opening, it seems. It seems like you just, you get in and maybe it does on the sides where the doors are, 
but it actually looks pretty dope. I just saw this is the sport version. Yeah, it's like it, it exactly. It looks like a sport version <laughs> of a warthog. It has a windshield, and uh, it in it. I don't know. It just looks cool, and so it makes sense they're gonna have more vehicles like that to drive around the ring because it's gonna be open world. So that's actually pretty cool. Hopefully, it's faster than a normal warthog, and uh, it's concept art. So again, may look a little different when the game comes out, and then. Yeah, that, that's basically it. They had more stuff, apparently. They had a recent novel release, which is Halo Point of Light, which is a secret, mm. uh, a sequel to a 2019, I think, uh, Halo book, uh, which kind of, if you guys know 343 Guilty Spark, it's basically like stuff happening with him after Halo 3 and then this other chick that's a protagonist. And so it's a bunch of stuff going on there, if you care. But that's the main shit. That's the main Halo news that they announced. Just some screenshots. If you want to go on Halo Waypoint and look them up and find them, some concept art, and it's just a little bit more stuff to get you excited about the game. And uh looks cool to me. I'm on board with all they showed. There you go. And that's the end of your mini Halo block. Mini, yeah. Not really enough to have a full one, because it's just, you know, a few images behind. Now we're moving on to the other space-themed Xbox exclusive. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> okay. But Starfield got some screenshots leaked. They're They're from that same place that we got other screenshots leaked before which is a supposedly from an early 2018 build of the game so basically it's nice to see things that kind of look like what will be in the game but obviously all this stuff will be like better textured uh more detail in the final version because all of this stuff's from like three years ago it shows you know a third person perspective from you know an individual and then it shows like some first person stuff and you can see a bit of the environment I assume they're real, but yeah, like Jaren said, it may be totally different by the time the game comes out. Like, yeah, who knows? Three years ago, it shows a bit of the HUD, <laughs> like, but that's probably gonna be totally different too. So who cares? Like on a on a normal development cycle, yeah, this would be like the third, like what, like a uh, maybe six months into development. It usually takes like people like four years to make a yeah, game if and they're games a big studio. Are mostly polished in like the last five months or so. So you know, yeah. So it go. looks pretty good for that, actually. I guess so. If, it, if they're real, we assume they're real. Um, there's more Starfield news, though. Yep. Before we get into the biggest part, Microsoft has supposedly bought ad time for Starfield in 2021, thus lending towards the rumors that the game is actually coming out in 2021 and will be announced at this E3. Microsoft is purging up ad space for that. But we also know Microsoft does that super early, as evident with Halo. I was going to say that's according to Xbox Air's special underscore ed, as highlighted on the latest Xbox Air podcast. Uh, this person said that Microsoft has bought, you know, ad time. And then they also point out that Halo Infinite had ad time as well. And then they delayed that game. So who really knows what that means? But then there was breaking news from this morning, Jaren. And what was that? Yep. And that was that Jeff Grubb 100% confirmed. He said he was 100% sure that Starfield was an Xbox, like a Game Pass exclusive. It's coming to Xbox. It's coming to PC. There's talk from some people that it's coming to steam too so an xbox and pc exclusive yeah so um basically yeah jeff grubb said starfield is exclusive to xbox and pc period this is me confirming that so there you go yep so if you wanted this on your playstation either boot up your pc or buy an xbox yeah so there you go dude people were uh were 100 percent, you know confirming that so you, you know that people were thinking and yeah uh, phil spencer had these comments earlier they were like is it coming in? is it coming in? Well, it's, it's Xbox console exclusive. There you go. According to go. Jeff Grubb. No, I guess technically it's not an official announcement. It's just no, it's Jeff not. Grubb confirming it. It's him confirming it. And most of the stuff he said so far is true. Like he did say the Star Wars coalition thing, but he said even himself that he wasn't 100% sure on that. He just 100% knew people were making Star Wars games. And he had heard that the coalition might be one of the people like working on it. 
But that also, based on how early they are in their game development, switching over to Unreal Engine 5, they could have been one of the teams talking to Lucasfilm about working on it and then decided not to. Yeah. So yeah. it's possible he was still even correct in that it's true. essence of so, his, yeah. what he said. Good point. The next one, moving out of kind of the future of the first party and into the current, Gears 5 will now be forcing crossplay between Xbox and PC players in an upcoming amalgamation of the multiplayer. Mm. And to this, I kind of say, yo, that sucks. It does, dude. It really does. And the community doesn't seem to be that excited about it because yeah. uh 40 percent of the of players are disabling the crossplay option so this is why they're doing it they say that's significantly impacted matchmaking but if 40 percent of people are doing something they clearly don't want to play with the pc players like 40 percent of your audience is a big chunk of your audience especially of the people still playing a game that's older yeah they say that um that the uh, parody is now quote almost identical between xbox and pc that's their thing so i don't know where this uh, technically it came from uh but the studio said that quote with the field of view update coming in the ability to plug a mouse keyboard and slash keyboard into your xbox plus the frame rate and input lag reduction on the new xbox consoles we feel are uh, at a point where the parity between xbox and pc is almost identical and confident enough in making this change going forward for gears 5 a few things wrong with that dude first of all just because there's an ability to plug a mouse and keyboard into your xbox doesn't mean that parity's reached because not everyone uses guess what Almost no one uses a mouse and keyboard on console for your Xbox. You can, it's an option, but the point about the consoles that use a controller, and most people don't use a mouse and keyboard for the fucking Xbox. Second of all, with the new consoles and this other bullshit, most people don't have the new consoles. And I would imagine most people that play Gears 5 don't have the new consoles. So that's a, you know, that's a point of contention. And so they're like, we're doing it to, you know, boost multiplayer uh, counts, like, you know, decrease waiting times because the communities aren't segregated. And it's like, well, they're segregated for a reason, though. <laughs> And they're like, with all this stuff, we'd be like, it's, you know, you're almost playing uh, between, you know, Xbox and PC people. It's almost an identical experience. And you're like, dude, you're wrong. No, it's not. <laughs> Shut up. Yep. And really, that's kind of how we feel on it. Like, there should always be an option to turn off crossplay. Like, I get that we're going towards crossplay being the future, blah, 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 blah. Unless everybody's using a mouse and keyboard, it will never be fair. Yeah, you need a toggle. And first, like I said, the, the first of all, the things they say aren't even right. They're like, with the new consoles, like, well, most people don't have the new consoles. So that's already a moot point. But uh, yeah, dude, you got to have a toggle when you're doing crossplay. This, you know, console and PC players being able to play together is a good thing. But you have to toggle it off because a PC, I mean, some of you may not know, but I assume you do. The, the PC uh, mouse and keyboard setup is far superior to a controller in, a comp in competitive play which is why people let you toggle the option for crossplay. Yeah, your arm is something like 50 times more accurate than your thumb. Yes. And it's like moving it, the mouse. <laughs> yeah. So there I mean it's it's not I don't know why they're doing that. That seems pretty lame. They may backpedal on it. We'll see. As to if they get enough, you know, negative feedback from it that they they might, you know, change it back to where there's a toggle, but uh they they say they're confident so. Yep. So I guess we'll find out how that shakes down and if all the console players will be getting destroyed by the PC players in the coming future. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you're still playing the Gears 5 multiplayer, which the Gears, the Gears community does have a lot of multiplayer stuff. You know, like a lot of people hold on to that multiplayer like, and play it for years, just like Halo 5. Yeah. All right. Now for some nice Xbox Game Pass news. I shouted this one out on Twitter at Xbox Podcast. If you want to follow us over there, I threw it at Caleb. Dungeons & Dragons Dark Alliance will be in Game Pass at launch, and that's June 22nd, console, mm. PC, and phones. This is the game that we talked about in the FAF one time where I said, hey, Caleb, this looks like a 
co-op game that could be kind of fun. Made by the Wizards of the Coast people, I believe. Love those guys. So yeah, another new game for Game Pass. Basically, nothing nothing really to say about it either way. Just that it's exciting and we're excited about it. There's no no real other news on it. (laughs) Yeah, pretty small, pretty small time. Yep. So now we're going to talk about some future features or current features in terms of the last one that are going to be on the Xboxes. Xbox is making quick resume even quicker. Essentially, update coming out. There's really no specifics on how this works in the article because I assume the games journalist doesn't understand any more than I do about how to hardware a console. (laughs) So essentially, all they really say is that Microsoft is making quick resume improved and has faster load times with its latest patch. So there you go. If you got an Xbox Series X and you got an S, quick resume will be quicker. You use Quick Resume, right? Is is are do you have problems with it with no, like certain you're, games? No, you're a not psycho. Working? No, no, no. I'm asking you. Do you have problems with certain games? <laughs> I know. And I'm, I'm telling you. No, I, I don't. You're crazy, man, for always quitting no. the game. Well, I, I was just wondering because some people say that Quick Resume, like Maca and Stallion and others, say Quick Resume doesn't work all the time with like certain games where it, it, they're supposed to be able to use Quick Resume, but they don't. Jaren is referring to the fact that I'm a crazy person because I'm worried that the Quick Resume stuff will will fuck up my achievements. You know, fuck with my progress and other things because I've had bad experiences in the Xbox One era with, uh, you know, it's like, yo, the game stays on when you turn your con and you just turn it, you you just log back into the game. And so I did that, you know, a few times and uh, it like, but what it doesn't tell you is it'll sometimes sign you out or sign you out of the multiplayer and like fuck with your save progress or other shit. So I don't trust it. I know it works, you know, but I don't trust it. So I don't use quick resume. (laughs) I don't believe in it. It's against my religion. But Jaren uses it. And yeah, I was referring to if, if. some games, you experience some games that should have quick resume, like they just, it just doesn't, it doesn't work. So. Oh, well, some games just don't uh, like let them use it, I believe. Yeah, I don't know how all that works, but uh, apparently if you do use it, which you would if you're not me, <laughs> it's getting quicker and better. Yep. Like I use it for Assassin's Creed Valhalla and every once in a while it signs you out like of the in the game multiplayer. It doesn't sign you out for Xbox. So that's why it doesn't affect achievement tracking or any of that kind of stuff. I don't trust it, Jaren. It only takes one time. But it signs you out in the game, and then, but then by the time you've played the game for five minutes, it signs you back in. Unless it's an EA game, then you just go over to their online services, click on it, signs you back in, then you go and continue playing the game. Sounds like some voodoo magic to me, my friend. It is voodoo magic. And speaking of more voodoo magic, my favorite story of the day, Xbox Series X and S is getting Dolby Vision HDR soon. Nice. You can use that, right? With your TV? Yeah, I can use this on my on my new TV. And the way to break this down for people who don't really know what this is, they say with like brighter highlights, sharper contrast, more vibrant colors, obviously to everyone that just sounds like it gets better. So essentially what happens is Dolby Vision, the people who work over at Dolby, go into a game and they pick out all of like, whether it's through AI or whether it's through uh, people there, they form this kind of HDR profile for the game. And when you're TV runs it, it'll pop up in the top corner and say Dolby Vision now running. And all that means is that they've chosen the optimal viewing settings for you to play the game on. Mm. So you might have to like turn up brightness or that kind of thing based on where your like light is set in your TV. But overall, you don't have to change like the colors and stuff. They kind of give you the best experience that you can get. And your TV kind of just lets it happen. Like it defers to Dolby Vision. Yeah, nice. So if you if you have any experience with that, you on uh, Netflix or uh, what's it called? Um, Disney Plus, all of those places, they do Dolby Vision HDR. It'll pop up in the top corner and say that. So you'll just get that for video games. 
Yeah, I, my TV doesn't support Dolby Vision. So. Most people's don't. So somebody's getting a, a cool thing if you have one of the fancy new TVs. Yeah. And another feature coming that I kind of thought was just funny. So I threw it in here. Xbox Party Chat is introducing speech to text integration. So obviously this is like, I'm guessing an accessibility thing. Yeah, I think so. So that you can follow along with a conversation easier if maybe a person's talking and you're trying to see what they're saying. Essentially stuff that's said in a party gets written out in a speech to text. My question to that is like, does it censor things? Now, now Caleb and I have to test this to see if we can just swear at each other and yeah. then the Xbox will just type it down. Say the most obscene things. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like a quick one. If that's something you need, good news, it's coming to Xbox very soon. I'd rather it be there than it not be there. Yep. There's nothing really wrong with it. It doesn't hurt anything. So mm -hmm. there you go. A nice benefit for people who need that kind of stuff. Now we're going to talk about some business of the Xbox. So after months of sellouts, mm -hmm. Xbox is trialing a Series X and S reservation program, which I guess we would have been able to use, but... Yeah, we're insiders, right? Yeah, we are insiders. So today, essentially, they're introducing the console purchase pilot. This is what their tweet says. Allowing US Xbox insiders on Xbox One to register for a chance to reserve an Xbox Series X and S console. Check the Xbox Insider Hub on Xbox One for details. So this is probably already all filled up by this point. But yeah, Microsoft imagine, is so. is using the Insider program so that they can get around scalpers and that kind of stuff. And I know that this is like their idea of their pilot program. I don't quite understand why they didn't just do this with gamer tags based after like a certain amount of years yeah like a certain if you've had a gamer tag for so like a certain number of years like three two yeah and and then just work your way down in like uh in descending order until you get to like people who have just made them that's a good idea too yeah i didn't even think about that but that's a it seems like a good program to me if you could make that happen but for this in particular it's a it's a decent idea like that they're finally doing this you know like giving the xbox insiders like people who actually are inside an xbox and play more and are kind of more integrated into the system, a way to actually get the fucking console. But at the same time, I, I don't know, I have less, a little bit, I have some sympathy, but I have less sympathy for people who can't get the console at this point. It's like, dude, it's been since, what was it, November, October of last year? When was it? I mean, I know that they're not easily available, but I think I told people like, in, the, in this podcast, various episodes, I, my pre-order from Amazon, I canceled it the night before the consoles launched. And because Amazon said that I, it didn't matter and they wouldn't give it to me for fucking however long. And I was like, all right, fuck it, canceled it. And I went and got one the next day, like in a store, just because I used my brain a little bit and I was able to go to a store that was the right size and I just waited, you know, in the parking lot for like an hour and I got one. So I imagine if you're trying hard enough to get one at this point, you probably got one. And I guess it's good if you, maybe if you, you know, you work 50 hours a week, you got kids and stuff, that, that's kind of a different story. So I have sympathy for that. But otherwise, if you don't have much going on, and you really want one and you hadn't got one yet. I'm like, what are you doing, man? Are you not trying that hard? Like they got, they've been restocking. I think it is easier in the States. Yeah, that could be true too. That, that's what, that's what I've discovered. Like, mm. I think the Xbox is easier to get in general because I think Microsoft just has more of them because I think they bought more of the chips. Yeah. But like getting a PlayStation here is crazy. Like even if you follow the, the PlayStation like account drops, like I don't think they've dropped a PlayStation 5 here in any of like the major stores since like April 22nd. But they come out Jesus, like yeah. every week in the States. And I was going to say also if you live in a larger place, like if you live in a city with millions of people, I imagine it is harder as well. Like you live downtown in an apartment in like New York or Chicago or fucking Atlanta. I don't know. It's like, yeah, that's you might have a harder time <laughs> getting a console. Yeah. 
But if you have any ability to travel, then, and you're willing to drive for like 40 minutes, I assume you could still get one. Yeah, because they are still coming. They come to like each of the stores in their drops. Like they give all the stores a yeah. certain amount of them. So I don't know, man. So, I, yeah. was, I was able to get one. Jeremy was able to get one. We're both stupid. So like, you yeah, I got probably, two. Yeah. But I got my I friend one. one. I got one. And then I got <laughs> my friend one in Colorado Springs by like sending him a link. And it was still available by the time he got it so, from Target. Yep. I don't know, man. And speaking of another community that will soon feel the pain of trying to get an Xbox, the Xbox Series X expands to China very soon. And I believe that happens on June 10th is when it's going to happen. Pre-orders open on May 19th. Okay. Did they announce it maybe? Yeah. So there you go. Uh, PS5 is coming, I think, already in May. Uh, today. Okay. Today. Cool. So there you go. Yeah. They have uh, some agreements since China opened up their console, being able to you know, sell consoles in China in like 2000 and what was it, 14, 12, yep. 13, something like that. Yeah. Okay. I don't have the article open, so I have it. I've read it at yep, some 2014. point. 2014. Yeah. So, you know, they partner with people and they can sell shit now. And, um, you know, I'm, you know why I'm excited, Jaren. You know why I'm excited. There's a possibility for a Chinese edition Halo Infinite with a brand new achievement list, Jaren. You know what I'm talking about? There you go. So maybe one day I'll be able to buy a Chinese fucking Xbox or some shit. And play Chinese Halo Infinite and get some more achievements. One thing I am wondering with this is since Xbox is coming out almost a month later than Sony, but another thing that was announced is that they are creating a partnership with Tencent's Timmy Studios and they made Honor of Kings, Call of Duty Mobile. So they formed a strategic partnership with Xbox Game Studios. Yes. Usually when you play ball with China's companies, they're more down to kind of push your product. So I wonder if by Xbox partnering with some of China's companies to make games if the Xbox will be kind of a bigger deal in China because it's getting the uh the hype from their uh yeah. corrupt government. Yeah, they're <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll see and it's yeah, Microsoft's partnering with T Timmy to I guess they're making a game, right? I hope they're not called Timmy and I just want I'm just calling it's them Timmy. T I M I. I don't know yeah, how they're you Timmy say to that. me. They're Timmy to me too, man. <laughs> um <laughs> we don't like Tencent and we don't like the Chinese government, but if you live in China and you're a Chinese person, it's like now, well, now you get you. Maybe you can buy a new Xbox sometime soon. Good for you. Yeah, you're definitely not listening to this podcast. No, 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 no. We don't have it. I mean, it shows us which countries people listen from. Well, I'm also just sure that we wouldn't be allowed. Probably. Oh, you think so? No, we're great guys. Come on. Your uh, your dude in charge kind of looks like Winnie the Pooh. Oh, yeah. I did give that diatribe to this kind of completely yep. shitting on the Chinese government like two weeks ago. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You did do that. Yeah, well, that happened. Hey, do you forgive and forget? Forgive and forget. Yeah, you're right. Dude, you should. You guys should free Hong Kong, by the way, and <laughs> stop murdering the Muslims. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you should do that. But also put our, you know, put our podcast out there and, you know, give us some views. <laughs> We'd appreciate it. And last on the X block, happy 20th to Xbox, essentially. Xbox's 20th anniversary merch is here. You can go check it out on the Xbox Gear Store if you want it. Are you wanting it's any kinda of it? Just, nah, dude, it's too expensive here. Yeah, the shipping for you is always something. That Halo shirt looks kind of cool, but I don't really... The Halo shirt, I don't know, it's too gold. Uh, gold isn't really my color, you know? It's kind of flashy yeah. for me. But that $28 Xbox 20th anniversary tee with the green text, you know? And the, yeah. Uh, that's kind of cool. I kind of want that. Dude, the that. jacket I sent you was cool. Oh, yeah, the one where you can put your gamer tag on the back. I'm thinking about buying that, honestly, the FanFest one. Yeah, I, I couldn't get one because... Just to ship it here is is too much. Yeah, I might actually get it. I forgot about it, but I did look at it yesterday, and I was like, "Oh, that's actually pretty dope." And they didn't have an extra large, so I I I was like, "Do I get double XL and yeah. just like hope it's not too 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 big?" Yeah, Jaren's not even fat, by the way. He's just a very tall, large man. 
Not even lying, you know. Yeah. So I don't how know. tall are you, by the way? For the for I'm the audience. Like, well, people tell me I'm I'm six two, but then I stand next to people who say they're six two and I'm two inches bigger. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't know if people are just lying or if if I'm lying, I, I've always just followed the rule that if you're above six feet, it really doesn't matter. Dude, you guys wouldn't know, but like, uh, Jaren's like fucking six eight, you know, or six thirty eight or something, and I'm like five three, five four. So, dude, when we get together, we're like a fucking Autobot, dude. We like transform and roll out, you know. You look fucking. Dude, dope. he sits on my shoulders, and yeah. we dominate the competition. Yeah, dude, it's fucking wild, dude. If they ever had a ch- what is that chicken? You play chicken in the pool, you know, where you get on someone's yeah. shoulders. Dude, we'd fucking obliterate everybody dude, caleb and i would be the greatest nba player because he'd catch the ball and then i'd throw him <laughs> to the basket there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right and that is the end of the x block we're running kind of long but not terribly bit long we can make this a bit shorter of a conversation because there was a lot of news this week honestly yeah there was there was and we didn't even have a review roundup or anything no yeah if we did woof. yeah and i cut out the remedy news because i didn't really know what they were talking about yeah and also, I mean, <laughs> but it's also kind of good because your editing goes a bit faster now that you got a new PC, so it's not too bad. It's true. Yeah. So for the X Factor discussion, that's what we're hopping on to, where we kind of just pick a topic and discuss it. Obviously, we'd love some community interaction here. So if you want to go over to YouTube and leave us a comment, just look up the X Block Podcast. Or Twitter. Yeah, or Twitter, at X Block Podcast. And uh, either place, if you leave us a question, we'll definitely answer question it. Question or comment, anything like that, you know, yep. feedback. Feel free. Any kind of feedback, we'll take it to heart. Unless it's mean, then I'll take you to town. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, essentially, today's question is, what is Steam's place in console gaming? And this kind of comes from an article where Gabe Newell teases the possibility of bringing Steam games to console. And he's kind of vague, really vague about what he means by it, whether that means games made by valve or whether that means steam in general so yeah. i kind of just wanted to know what our thoughts on uh, steam on console would be yeah uh, i'll just say just from the story quick that is kind of interesting uh he said it like he was giving some talk at a college in i think new zealand or some shit like that the sancta maria college where he was a guest speaker someone asked him will steam be putting any games on consoles or will it just stay on pc and then uh he said quote you will get a better idea of that by the end of this year. And then he replied for adding, quote, it won't be the answer you expect. So that's interesting. And that kind of, yeah, prompt this X Factor discussion of what is Steam's place in console gaming. From my own experience, it's like Steam doesn't really belong in console gaming. I mean, they tried with the Steam box, right, at some point, And they're a, the Steam is a storefront, obviously, on PC with hundreds of millions of users yes so you mean they don't belong as like hardware because obviously they made like left for dead and stuff. that's a good point so their place in console gaming is yeah as a, a publisher of their first party you know their games so like the orange box when they released that on the 360 yeah and they, where they had a collection like that and and yeah like with left for dead left for dead 2 yeah just like publishing their games on consoles seems to be where they're at i don't know what he's saying in that particular quote where he's like like, are they going to have some way to access a Steam storefront? I doubt it. Uh, and people are pointing out in the article, and, and also you just think this normally, that he it seems like he could be referring to just uh, Half-Life Alex coming to PSVR 2 when that initially... See, I feel like that's expected, though. He's, yeah. He tells us not to that's expect exa- Exactly. So it gets a little deeper, <laughs> where he's like, that's not, it's not what you'd expect. And then that also points into, or goes into the Epic versus Apple lawsuit info that came out where... And this isn't super news, but it's like it said Phil Spencer, you know, has been in kind of regular talks with Gabe Newell about some yeah. shit. And so we don't know what that means. We assume everybody talks to everybody, though. So that's kind of, you know, yeah, that, maybe that they're could, just boys. That could mean nothing. That could mean a lot. Um, But it, it, it seems like in Steam's place in console gaming, PlayStation is getting more in bed with 
Epic, it seems, even though Epic sometimes likes them, sometimes doesn't based on that, <laughs> those court documents that came out. And then, uh, yeah. but it seems that, uh, you know, Xbox seems to be working better with Steam on their storefront and, and things like that with the release of like Halo, the Master Chief Collection and Forza. And it seems that Xbox and Steam have a more friendly kind of cooperative relationship. So any anything where Steam has a place in console gaming, it seems would be, it, I would say more Valve who owns Steam. Valve as a publisher of games on hardware. Uh, with some maybe specific arrangements with Xbox for exclusivity or some nonsense like that. But then Steam is a storefront. I don't know if it really has a place in console. Yeah. Yeah. See, where I'm reading into this is I feel like this is going to largely be an Xbox thing. Yeah. Like, sure, the Half-Life Alex could be expected and I, that might come to PlayStation VR, especially when they release the new version of PlayStation VR. That being said, they're trying to sell their own VR headset that they make. So that might not be the best move for them, but we'll see. Hey, I've heard that talk, too, but it's like... It seems like that game, even though they said it was going to be a, a, a exclusive to their headset, that it's probably sold all the headsets that it's going to at this point, and that people who are going to buy it have already bought it, so might as well put it on other platforms, you know, at this yeah, point. That's a that's a fair point. What I think is going to come from this is we've seen Xbox making lots of moves to get mouse and keyboard support, and being one of the only consoles that does like fully support it, I don't think PlayStation does. No, they don't. If Steam in the sense of like how you can stream your Steam games through the Xbox browser, if like a streaming version of Steam comes to the Xbox where yeah. you can access your library of games, but you have to use a mouse and keyboard. I was thinking something like that too. I didn't know how that would work. But I was also thinking something along the lines of integrating some nonsense with their new web browser and the same way you can access like Stadia and all kinds of other shit. And yeah, but that would be funny because then every time Sony puts a game on Steam, <laughs> if Steam yeah. had an app on the Xbox that you could because most games have controller support through through Steam. Yeah. So if you can stream your Steam library to the Xbox, for example, you could be able to play Death Stranding, Days Gone. Horizon. All of those games on your Xbox. Horizon, yeah. Probably God of War, we assume, is coming at some point. To... Yeah, basically, if the games come out, for, they'll probably bring it over eventually. Yeah, I wonder if that would... Uh, I don't know if that would incentivize, maybe to some degree, Sony to stop putting their games on Steam. Because right now, Jim Ryan seems like he wants to do that to get some market data and just to make some more money. Um, but it's like, if you, can, if you can make those available on Xbox, like, would you keep doing it? Yeah, that's... It's weird because they are technically now, like if you go through the web browser and you use the streaming capabilities, like yeah. some of them do work. I imagine they just wouldn't okay their games for streaming. But if the Steam app is like, if Steam makes an app and it's native to the Xbox, then I guess technically that wouldn't be streaming. It yeah, would just I, be like on Steam. I have so. no idea how this would work, but um, apparently there was more in this article that I read earlier, which I remember it was reported on at the time. Um, but it says that they were working on uh, that Valve is kind of getting they're working on other unannounced games at this time yep. too. So it, I mean, it could have something to do with that. But like I said, Gabe's like it's not the way you'd expect. It's like I don't know what that means, Gabe. I don't know what you're saying. But they've got stuff going on. I think they were uh, Half Life Alex kind of reinvigorated them to some degree where they're. They have come out and said basically, yeah, that they're working on other stuff and that they don't want to stop necessarily making single player titles and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I, well, it seems like we haven't seen the last of Valve making games and how that will integrate itself into the console space. I don't know, but I assume we'll see in a year or two. You probably yeah, get some sort if of they go if they go with the streaming approach that we talked about, then they could technically lock games to their or even if it's not a streaming thing, like you can sign in through Xbox or something. But they, then they could lock games to Steam, like their new IPs, 
and you would have to then use their platform to be able to play them. Yes. So that would that would at least make them an extra stack of money that they wouldn't have to share. So yeah. who knows? Maybe yeah, that's it's... a possible avenue of it too. It's all very interesting. I'll say that. Yeah. So we'll be hope. We'll wonder if we'll see any of that at E3. Yeah. Maybe Steam will be at E3. Probably not. Probably not. But maybe next year. Some news <laughs> incoming at some point imminently. Yep. He, he said we would know by the end of the year, so... Yeah, well, it's a good point. So who knows? All right, moving on to Game Pass or Game Play. This is just a quick mention. Every month, at the first episode of the month, we spin a wheel which gives us a game specifically from Game Pass, and then Caleb and I have to play that game for a decent amount, enough time to give kind of our thoughts on whether this is a game you should spend your time in in Game Pass or if it's a game that you shouldn't. So whether you should play it or whether you should pass. Yes, and this month's is Day Z. Yep, it is Day Z, and we have played a little bit of it, but we're kind of saving our at least initial impressions until closer to the episode yeah. where we will review it entirely. A little bit, a little bit of a tease. A little, I'm holding on to it close to the chest, but Jared and I are playing it cooperatively to yep. some degree. And if you wanna, if you wanna know about our other reviews, you can go listen to the first episode of each of the previous months. Yes, I think at this point, Jared and I have played and reviewed what Donut County, uh, what else, uh, Spirit Fairer. And, and Dirt 5. And Dirt 5, yes. Yep, and we got the all the achievements in two of them. Yeah, I mean, seriously. <laughs> if you'd like our thoughts on those, go check those out. If you're waiting for our thoughts on the next one, just keep waiting. Stay tuned. And we will get there eventually. All right, Caleb, moving on to the FAF. And the FAF is the section where we take news that is kind of a waste of your time to read. It would be described as FAF, and uh, we make it kind of fun yeah and uh we mostly make fun of it and if this is news that uh you care about and you think should have been in the main show feel free to let me know i probably won't move it for the next show but you nah, can tell me it's all a bunch of faff jaren they don't know what they're talking about they'll <laughs> listen to them all right caleb start us off micro faff it's back the micro faff is back indeed if you can't find may's gamer score challenge on xbox you're not alone apparently the gamer score challenge for xbox that lets you get 10,000 gamer score for 10,000 microsoft points is back but it's missing for a lot of people right now oh so it's not region locked like we thought it was you and i yeah it's just it just doesn't show up for lots of people well that sucks it showed up for me and yeah that's over uh, if you managed to get all of that it's over a ten dollar value and yep. those are great because they're passive. Like you, it's like, well, you know, I didn't get ten thousand gamer score, so I didn't get ten dollars. It's like, yeah, but if you earned like a thousand or two thousand gamer score that month, you still got like two bucks for doing nothing. So yeah, not a bad. So if you have it, make sure you activate it and then hop yes, on it. You do need. If to you activate don't have it yet, uh, continue to complain to Microsoft on Twitter and hopefully they fix it. Yes. Next up. The original Xbox background is now a free dynamic theme on Series X and S. Very small amount of people who would care about this here. So that's all for that. And yeah, I looked. I don't care. You know, if they had a 360 blades kind of bullshit going on, Jaren, you know what I mean? That'd be hype. But this uh, this thing I looked at and I was like, eh. This is one of the funniest things that I thought this next story is because Caleb and I joked about this on the last show. Oh, now Xbox is getting its own Adidas branded shoe. So you guys didn't hear it. We cut this part out of the podcast where oh, we, we said we'd make, an, we'd make an Xbox shoe. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> apparently Xbox is going to make an Xbox shoe to go against the PlayStation Nikes. Dude, we should have kept it in. <laughs> now no one's going to believe us. 
So maybe we'll put that out as a TikTok at some point. Masters of predictions, dude. And lastly, incredibly, it's possible to use the Xbox Series X on a Nintendo DS. And how does that work, dude? Dude, I don't, I don't fucking know. That's with a good the, with point. cables. Cable, cables, HDMI adapters, a bunch of nonsense. If you really want to do this, maybe you should have bought a Nintendo DS just to play that. Like, I don't know what you're doing. You got a Nintendo DS. You're Jaren. like, hey, yo, what if my Xbox works on this? Just get out of here. Get Jaren, out of here. Jaren, if you, mix, if you take the word cable and you mix the letters around, it spells Caleb. <laughs> All right. That's the most faff thing that's been said. <laughs> and lastly, in the micro faff, there's a lot here today. Dave Batista says he turned down Fast and the Furious to pitch a Gears of War movie. So Dave Batista, big Gears of War fan. Big Gears fan. I mean, he is in Gears of War now. In Gears of War that's 5, true. you can play as Dave Batista through the campaign. Yep. And now he wants to make a Gears of War movie. So hopefully he gets that greenlit because I, I like when people get their dreams made. Yeah, Dave Batista seems like a cool dude. Gears of War is yep. pretty good games, especially, you know, 5 is great. So uh. there you go. That's the end of that. Hopping over to the next one. Oh, you're talking to me. Yep. Okay. <laughs> the Faf Station. <laughs> I was like, who, me? <laughs> <laughs> it's just <laughs> Who else would you be talking to? <laughs> yeah, that was great. You can cut that if you want, but that was funny. <laughs> you so Sony, to me? <laughs> are you going to let me go? <laughs> no, dude. I'm still laughing. <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking about, dude. I was like, I don't know. I was just staring off into space and there was a silence and I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> uh, this will be the TikTok now. Oh, my stomach hurts. Oh, shit was funny as fuck. Okay. Oh, that was a good one, Jeremy. All right. I'm ready now. I'm all good. All right. Sony has over 25 PS5 games in development and says almost half are new IP. And I don't really believe them. But like, I believe that they're working on these, but like, when are they going to come out? Like, yeah. And they said like 25 new IP, right? The 25 games in development, half are new IP. Let's look this up real quick. And you can keep, you can keep the, the typing in, by the way. How many first party studios does Sony have? Pretty sure it's like 11 or 12 or 13. 13. There you go. It's 13. I was right. Well, half right. It's 13 studios. So every one of them is making a new IP and... While they're doing that, they're also all making another game. Yeah, like I'm like, okay, all right, sure. <laughs> like, what are the you want? Someone said an idea for a game in the bathroom next to another dude, and that they're counting that. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah, get the fuck out of here. And another Faf Station news: a popular reseller site claims it now sold over a hundred and thirty thousand PS5 consoles. So if you want a PS5, Sony's not selling it to you. They're selling it to Jim, who's selling them all for eight hundred dollars. You know, if you didn't buy Jim's fucking PS uh, P PS <laughs> PS5, dude, he wouldn't be making any money, and he would be eating costs and you know the scalpers would go away. But all you fucks out there are buying the scalped consoles feeding this market yep you know so it's your fault yeah i mean it's your fault and sony's fault there's a demand there's a demand enough where all you assholes are paying hundreds of dollars extra for consoles just don't i mean you can do what you want but i mean it affects other people in the market and also it's just not like i don't think very highly of you <laughs> you paid 400 extra dollars for a ps5 what the fuck there's not even any games to play <laughs> it's like a thousand dollars or whatever yep Fair enough. All right, know. Caleb, moving on to the next one. Uh, just a drop of duty. 80s action heroes Rambo and John McClane are coming to Call of Duty. So last week we talked about how Rambo might be. Well, now it's confirmed both Rambo and John McClane are coming to Call of Duty. So there you go. Just a little bit of duty. Who Call of Duty doesn't work, though. That's true. So I don't know. All right. Neither does Stallone anymore. Yo. 
All right, Caleb, hit me with the next one. The Faf of the Faf. Wow. All right. Fortnite's NFL skins were hugely popular. Jesus. Fuck off. Wait. No, you know what? I was going to ask what skins. I don't care. I already closed it. I don't know. I'm over it. No, I'm already. I thought about it for a half second and I thought, wait a minute. I don't care. All right, Caleb, next one. I just wanted to put Fortnite in here so we could use the tags. There you go. Every week, uh, one (laughs) sentence reaction. Google claims Stadia is alive and well following high profile departures. That's a blatant lie, dude. There you go. GTA 5 looks frighteningly realistic thanks to Intel's machine learning. Does it look as good as The Last of Us 2? Uh, it actually does. We'll, we'll talk, we could talk about oh. this one just a little. Okay. Uh, essentially, they're using real scan data of streets and cars and oh. it overlays over top of it. So the game looks hyper realistic, but it looks way more sh- like shit because it's just LA, right? Yeah. So you're just looking at LA and you're like, oh. wow, this place looks depressing and gross. Oh, I should have asked. Yeah, my one sentence reaction should have been, did they get the 80,000 homeless people in there? <laughs> All right, Caleb. And the last one that we're finishing off on kind of a happy note, 93-year-old YouTuber loves racing games. Jaren, there's got to be something funny to say about that, right? Like, there's got to be a just a just an alley-oop toss-up easy mode one sentence reaction. What is it, Jaren? Hmm. I can't. They're all they're all gonna get us in trouble. Yeah, they're probably illegal. You know, to even say some of them. <laughs> I can't. I don't even know. There's a. What do you say about that, Jaron? What does you know? What good on you? Good on him. What does what does one say about that story? I don't know. You know. I don't know, dude. During the 1960s, he was a taxi driver. Then he drove dump trucks in the 1970s and 1990s. And now he uh, plays video games with his racing wheel. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just, it's such a wholesome story. You know, like, good yeah, for that guy. It's a good dude. Yeah. I don't have anything. Usually I have something. That one, I'm just I'm like, glad I'm... that both him and I are into dump trucks. Yeah, he and I, but I'm, I'm with you. Every Everybody else will understand that joke. Caleb missed it. Oh, did I He's miss too it? too focused on grammar. Oh, I got it. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I got it now. I'm good. <laughs> And that is the end of the X-Block podcast. (laughs) The worst. If you want to follow this podcast outside of the current platform that you're listening to it on, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, CastBox, Google Google Podcasts, Podcasts, basically everywhere that matters. If you want to follow us outside of the podcast, you can find us at at X-Block Podcast on Twitter, at X-Block Podcast on Instagram at xblock podcast on tiktok and head over to our youtube the xblock podcast and uh caleb where's the patreon dude it's at uh patreon.com slash xblock podcast if you want to support us over there throw us a couple dollars one dollar two dollars fifty eight thousand dollars you can and we'll reinvest that money back into the podcast we we got jaren a new computer our next stretch <laughs> goal is likely to get me a new brand new mic because i got a nice you know blue if you guys are curious a little bit of the production stuff i got a blue yeti microphone you know, but uh, it's like from 2014, 15, and uh, I could probably use a new mic from, two, you know, 2021 that's a little nicer, so I'll take it, you know, got to make the podcast yep. better, got to use the money wisely. Yep. So every fund on our Patreon goes directly back into making the podcast better. Yeah. And that is the end of our show. Jaren's got a poop, so Damn. take us out, Caleb. Dude, X-Block fucking plop. X-Block out. Thanks for listening to the X-Block. New episodes every Monday at 5 a.m.